Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Double J Podcast, presented by Lake Central Media. How are you guys doing on this lovely Wednesday? Jack Thiel and Giovanni Elkintar here with you today, bringing the biggest news around the sports world. And we'll start with Major League Baseball. Well, the watch, part of the watch, I should say, is over as Manny Machado has signed with the San Diego Padres. The old L.A. Dodger and Baltimore Orioles took a very extended time deciding where he wanted to go. Yesterday, it was reported by Jeff Passan that he will be joining Eric Hosmer and the Padres with a huge, huge contract. And we want to, you know, we want to find out, did the Padres overpay the third baseman, Manny Machado? Giovanni? Uh, to me, well, first, before I start off, beggars can't be choosers. We've been begging Manny Machado to sign somewhere for the last... Now it's time for Bryce Harper. Yeah, it's Bryce Harper's turn now. You know, Manny Machado, I'm so glad he picked a team. This can finally be over. I don't think the White Sox are going to get Bryce Harper. So my hopes of the White Sox signing a big free agent have probably ended. But anyway, uh, I just want to preface my comments by saying that there are there is some bias to this. Me and Jack are both huge White Sox fans. And uh, to say that we're not salty about Manny Machado not coming to the White Sox would be, salt, would be uh, a lie. Uh, we're both kind of upset about it. I think I'm a, saved bit, money. I'm a little bit more upset about it than Jack is, but when this news broke yesterday, we were uh, sitting... Uh, we were shocked. I we, mean. we were sitting here, Jack says, no, no, I look at my phone and I see breaking news. Manny Machado signs the biggest contract in free agent history. Do I think the Padres got better? Uh, obviously, yes. Well, they, the they got question better. is, is he overpaying? Are they overpaying Manny Machado? Because he can opt out after his fifth year. Don't forget about that as well. Oh, no. Five years of Manny Machado. <laughs> Only five years. But, Folks, it's a 10-year, $300 million deal. Do you think it's overpaying him? $30 million a year. 300 guaranteed. It depends on the results. Right now, listen, he's the hottest free agent prospect I've seen in a, in a long time. You, you got to pay what, what you got to get. Right now, I don't think they overpaid for him. But if we look back in two years and this Padres team, they're, they're in a rebuild. and They got one of the best farm systems. They got Hosmer at first. Ian Kinsler just joined the team. They got Hunter Renfro. It's not like Manny Machado is going to a team just for money. No, he's not. And you could argue if he went to the White Sox that maybe he wasn't going because he was going to be a contender. If he went to the Yankees. Oh, geez. That... Yes, obviously, Manny Machado would want to win. If he went to the Red Sox, yeah, he, Manny Machado would be looking to win. But Manny Machado, he's going to make his money in San Diego. And I think the Padres can be a contender in a few years. I think, I don't know, overpaying is a questionable call just because Manny, I know Manny Machado is a great player, but you got you to gotta realize the attitude this guy's going to bring. I mean, it was in the um, Brewers and Dodgers series. He stepped on Jose... Aguilar's foot. I mean, his character is a little questionable. I think this can be a little questionable taking this long to pick a team. He's only had one season over five, uh, 300 batting average. I don't know if it's really overpaying because Manny Machado is a stellar defensive third baseman with a great arm. It's questionable. I think, you know, it was for the right, right enough money, $30 million a year. You know, it's, like you said, these free agents don't really come often. So when they, when you have the chance to sign them, do you have to sign them because you never know when these guys will ever be free agents, and that's why a lot of teams like to extend their offers with guys because you never know when that guy will be available. And you know, Manny Machado's the White Sox seem like they're the front clear front runner, and Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn they said they were stunned by the offer. They said they offered, and 
the Buster only reported, the White Sox would have gave him more money with incentives and everything else. But I guess Machado want to play with the Padres. So the real question is, you know, I mean, we just said it, the Sox with incentives, but if with incentives, so that's higher performances. That's not three hundred million guaranteed. So the question is, should the Sox give him more guaranteed money? Is this a mistake for the Sox, or is it best to save their money and wait? Maybe this is. I don't know what you would call it, but maybe it's just us, me being upset that I thought Manny Machado would come to the White Sox, and maybe it'll take some time for me to think about this rationally. But no, I, uh, I was very angry at the front office yesterday. I was very disappointed. I really think that they they should have signed him, and they did, Rick Hahn did come out and say that they did not want to pay that much for him. And you can look at it one of two ways. You can look at it and say, was it, was it really worth paying for him? Or you can look at it like this, how I looked at it. It's Manny Machado. He's the biggest free agent in so long besides Bryce Harper. And a lot of White Sox fans set their expectations very high. Uh, to be honest, I was, a little, I was kind of prepared for this n- not to happen. But it's still disappointing. The front o- this front office, as much as I love Rakan and Kenny Williams, uh, Jerry Reinsdorf is known for being cheap let's just say he has been cheap this whole career yep uh, not even just with the white Sox, even with the bulls chicago bulls but jack what do you think you know i watched i watched those interviews and rick Hahn said something that caught my mind you know this rebuild does just doesn't complete with one all-star it's a group of people a team and that and that's my thing if the Sarkos would sign Machado, they're, they don't have a, that much money left in the tank. And yes, and this money will be spent at some point. The White Sox have a lot and of Manny money. Ma- and Manny Machado is a star. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not ruling out Bryce Harper. There's guys like Bryce Harper and Dallas Keuchel and A.J. Pol. No, A.J. Pol got signed already. My bad. Bryce Harper and Dallas Keuchel still out there for money. The next year, Nolan Arenado's out there. Now, now, 2020. Now, the Sox, we can both agree, have one of the best farm systems in the major league. Arguably the best. Maybe they keep the money and they trade their prospects for somebody. They tack on that money for a guy who has years still to go on and most of his contract already paid off by a team. That could be a thing, but, you know, I agree with Rick Hahn. It's a, this process just doesn't, you know, complete with one player. It's going to be a team effort, and... The Sox are coming along. It's been a rough two years since the process started, and they're going to come along. That's an understanding. I mean, the Sox fans are excited to see Eloy Menes coming up this year. You know, the sad news of Kopech. But they're excited to see guys like Dylan Seas, Eloy Menes, Luis Bebes, um, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, you go down in the farm system, you look at all these guys who are going to be potential stars, you know. I, I do think the Sox can still make some moves and maybe a wild card spot could maybe be in their hands. I mean, they don't have a bad team. They have a lot of power there. And they don't play in a great division either. Yes, and the Indians are, are clear front runners for that division. I mean, there's nobody. Look, I think their window of contention is starting to close, in my opinion. I think if the Sox get signed, you know, they did get some bullpen arms, so I mean... That's the thing. but And that's what this team really needs. So for Sox, it's not like a, oh, man, we're going to stink for the rest of our lives. It, it's just it's going to take. I feel that way right now. It, it's just it's going to take longer for the process. That's in my mind. It's going to take longer for the Sox to, you know, be, you know, that team 
they want to be. And now we talk about Manny Machado. Bryce Harper is still trying to find out where he wants to go. I mean, I don't know if clear front runners means anything anymore, but the Phillies are the clear front runners along with the White Sox, the Giants, even the Padres said they're not done yet. When does Bryce Harper make a decision? Because there was a report that said no one wants to go first. Well, Machado went first, and I'll put some money on it that Harper wants to get more. Jack, I think it's kind of ridiculous the Padres still want to sign Bryce Harper. Have the money. I don't understand how, but can you imagine? How much would they have to pay Bryce Harper? Think about it. They're already going to pay. I think 325 or 350 So that means they would almost be spending $60 million a year just to have two players. Hey, you, got, you do what you got to do. If you want to win, you got to win. That's, that's how you win, by spending money. Uh, that hasn't worked for the New York Knicks in past years, and I don't think it's going to work for the Padres either. Well, I mean, look who they signed. It doesn't work for the Yankees. Eh. Well, never mind. It Sometimes. worked for the Red Sox. Yeah, it did work for the Los Angeles Rams, spending money. But that doesn't always work. It could, has the potential to blow up in your face. But these guys... Remember when the White Sox went all in on free agency? But these are guys that have established themselves as stars. And you go back to that one year, the White Sox. That was Melky Cabrera, Jeff Samarja. You know, I'm talking about, and you talk about NBA, I'm talking about guys like LeBron and all that. Those are the big guys you sign, and that's the guys you need for MLB. If you can get the two best free agents, combine it with Eric Hosmer, you got Hunter Renfro in the outfield. The pitching that's not too bad and the closer that's actually pretty decent. I'm not saying they're going to be, you know, in the World Series, but I'll tell you one thing. They've got Fernando Tatis, who's in the AAA. Funny, he used to play for the White Sox, but they traded him. He was in the James Shields trade. So they got Fernando Tatis. That's going to come up. He is the second best prospect. This is a team that is built for the long run. And you've got Machado for a guaranteed of five years. You don't know what he's going to do after that fifth year. Then if you can get Harper. I mean, this is a dangerous team in three years. So we'll go to college basketball. And Saturday was a big day. It was Saturday showdowns. And the Tennessee Volunteers, who were ranked number one, traveled to Rupp Arena to face Kentucky. Which previously, Kentucky lost to LSU on a buzzer beater at Rupp Arena. But the Wildcats proved that they were no joke and took down Tennessee in decisive fashion. And the thing is, is Tennessee was Tennessee overhyped or is it just one game? Every time I watch Tennessee, I just thought to myself, this is, the, this is like uh, the fifth team in the country. This is the first, the best team in the country, according to the, the polls. AP I, polls. To the... AP polls, I just never saw it. To be quite honest, it didn't shock me that they were that they were beaten by Kentucky. I think they deserve it. Um, they got Grant Williams, uh, an All American, Andrew Schofield. The team built of seniors, and a team not built of seniors is Duke. And the big rivalry is tonight: Duke and North Carolina. And I've heard all you guys known. According to Vivid Seats, their tickets are going almost. Like, Super Bowl prices. They're more expensive than the All-Star game. More expensive than the Khabib and McGregor fight. And this is interesting. I mean... I mean, who doesn't want to watch I mean, Zion we, we, Williamson? Yeah, that's what I'm... Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett, Cameron Regis, Nazir Little, Cameron Jordan, all these guys playing together, all future stars of the NBA tonight at Cameron Indoor for the Duke Blue Devils, who have made some news as of late with that big comeback going against Louisville. What do you got, Giovanni? Duke or North Carolina at Duke? I love. I actually like North Carolina a lot. For some reason, I just can't pick against them come tournament time, but this is not the tournament. Uh, Duke. 
I gotta go with Duke too. Their house. Um, this is this is when Zion and they want the national spotlight is all on them tonight, eight o'clock. And uh, I might watch. Thomas, I will be watching that. And the question is, is it you know, is it really necessary to take anyone other than Zion with the number one pick? To me, whoever has the number one pick, no matter what your needs are, unless you're. I don't even know. Unless you're the Lakers. Unless you're the unless you're the Warriors, that that's so, so ridiculous that they would have the number one pick. Whoever has the number one pick probably isn't that good. Or even if they did trade for the number one pick, they probably still need help. Zion Williamson, you get Zion Williamson. Zion Williamson will not only benefit you on the basketball court, but he is going to sell merch off the shelves. I don't think it's dumb though. I think there's other guys in contention like R.J. Barrett. I just always look at the big man role in the draft and. When we talk about rookies and rookies, who do we talk about? Shooters and point guards. I mean, when was the last time we really talked about a big man in, uh, in the past two years in a rookie draft? DeAndre Aiden. We don't really talk about him, though. That's my point. You know, guys like Jason Tatum, a shooter. Um, my bad, I lost my thought. You know, Trey Young, shooter. Luka Doncic, shooter. I mean, you know, it's hard to be a big man in the NBA. And not, I'm not discrediting Zion with anything, he's a heck of an athlete, but these are different bodies he'll be facing in the NBA, and I think scouts realize that. I mean, college, they're a little built, but in the NBA, man, those guys, those guys just work out every day. But Zion's huge. I mean, I, I saw this thing now. I don't actually if he believe. He can shoot, then yes, but I don't actually believe this. But someone said, someone taking a charge from Zion is the equivalent of getting hit by a jeep. I don't actually believe that, but it wouldn't shock me if. If it was close. I'm not saying Zion should be number one pick. He definitely should be. But I'm not saying it's a shock if we heard R.J. Barrett, R.J. Mount, or something like that, you know? But I don't think any team, if their need was at uh, forward, would pick anyone else. He just needs to control himself a little bit, Zion. He's a little crazy out there. As we'll head to the Alliance after their second week. And it's kind of looking like the XFL from 2001. The Alliance first reported Colin Kaepernick wanted... $20 $20 million to play in the league, and players are not even getting close to that. That is absurd. I think they're getting about 250000 Yes. Colin Ka- if Colin Kaepernick actually asks for $20 million, well, I'll say this. If you're Colin Kaepernick, of course you ask for a ridiculous amount. You're Colin Kaepernick. Do you, can you imagine if Colin Kaepernick comes back? That, I think I'll put some um, butts in the seat. And the Alliance, they're already in trouble. They already sold <laughs> to their league, to the um, – Carolina, yeah, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> the Carolina Hurricanes owner already, and I sent you a picture. It was a, the Birmingham game. There was nobody there. Is the Lions dead already? Like, did this Okay, die? it's not dead. Come on. It, come on. They're only a, a few weeks in. But if there's no one there and no one really watching and ratings and seats go down and down, it's kind of getting dead and dead and, well, good night. I think as long as it has the support of the NFL. The, the NFL desperately needs a minor league Well, system. the NFL does have – they do have the NFL support, but the fans don't really care. And fa- fans not, might not realize how important it would be to have a minor league system. It's important. Be- people like James Harrison, Adam Vantieri, and Kurt Warner all came from a minor league system. Vantieri played overseas. Kurt Warner, I believe, played overseas. So James Harrison. And these can be guys that, you know, need a break. They want that break. They need a, you know – it's like the G League or the AAA. Or maybe, like, like can you imagine this? If, the, if like, the Cowboys backup quarterback, they said, go play in, in the Alliance, people would watch uh, to, see, to see, like, what if Dak Prescott gets hurt? Let's see what we have. I, I think that the Alliance is a great idea that's now. That's what preseason's for. 
Yes, but preseason how? And I feel like the preseason rosters are burning these alliance rosters. We could debate that. I think so. I mean, it's actually a few like central players. Jalen Robinson. Yep. He had a sack the other night, actually. And we'll go to fact or fiction and some news that came out earlier. Colin Kaepernick and Ed Reed kind of end their little dispute with the NFL. It's been a while. There was really no movement at all. The only thing was Ed Reed was playing football and Colin Kaepernick still waiting. But they end it. Both, they get money. Will Colin Kaepernick now come to the NFL that everything is done? Everything's aside. Uh, this, this one's tough. And this, I, I would probably change this prediction if you asked me um, around April. But right now, I don't think he's going to play in the NFL. I think so. I think the Redskins. Alex Smith is out for the year. They ain't no quarterback. They and are who, no. who, who else likes to hire controversial players? The Redskins. Yeah. Um, or the Browns, but they already have Baker Mayfield. Or me, or I saw something crazy. I think I saw Chris Carter say the Patriots. The pa- well, the Panthers as well, I heard. That's not a bad. Cam Newton could be out for the year, they said. That is true. That, that's huge, Cam Newton being out. But next, next fact or fiction. Fact or fiction. The Patriots wanted to trade for Odell Beckham Jr. I no, believe this. No, 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 no. That, he, no. No, it's just no. Have you seen this story at all? I've heard of it, but still, that that would never happen. And there's no. Do I? Okay, I think it was disgusting. And I mean, I, think, I don't. I don't believe that the Patriots were heavily pursuing. I think the pa- everyone wants OBJ, but were they really actually sending trades? No, I mean. They don't. They didn't. They don't have anything to offer. Like I'm sure people send like teams send trades to the Packers for Aaron Rodgers. But serious trades, though, they have nothing to offer. I mean, is it one of those trades like in our fa- in fantasy football leagues? It'd be like what a seven, uh, seven draft picks. That many players that are worthy the Giants need or want. I mean, it sounds like the people in my fantasy football league who tried and trade Blair Walsh for Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> That's an actual trade that we proposed. I, I, just I just don't believe that. And the NBA All-Star Weekend just passed us. And the Celtics are finding themselves tied for fifth with those Philadelphia 76ers. And, you know, Kyrie might leave. And the question is, are the Celtics better without Kyrie Irving? It's hard to argue that they're not. Now, am I saying that they should trade Kyrie Irving? No, no, no. no. That's ridiculous. But... I don't know. Does Kyrie Irving... Kyrie Irving's an interesting case. Does Kyrie Irving really make a team that much better? Uh, it's just, the thing is, it's just we've seen the Celtics with and without him. Without him, we got to see faces of um, Al Horford, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. And now since Kyrie's back, we don't really get to hear those names. But it's Kyrie Irving. There's no other guy like him. He's a top three point guard in my mind. And he's one of the most clutch players in the NBA. He, he's absurd. Well, LeBron James do the dunk contest next year. No. Why would he? He, he we, I saw someone say that, oh, him, Zion Williamson, Aaron Gordon, Michael Jordan. Okay, if that no one said a, that. If but... that was a, and it's in Chicago this year. If really? That, I did yeah, not know that. If, it wasn't, if, they, if they were all in it, I'd definitely pay any price to see that. That'd be awesome. Zion will for sure do it next year. So, Giovanni, we'll go to soccer, and we talked about it last week. The UCL round of 16 games. 
And I just wanted to go back last week and say I predicted that PSG would win, and they did win the first leg. To be clear, the first leg, Jack came in and said, oh, Manchester United lost. And they did, I, he, they did but it's the first leg. There's two legs. PSG now, for the win. Yeah, Manchester United put themselves in a hole. Um, this is one thing I will say. Um, I think if Jose Mourinho was still coaching, I think Man United could have gotten out of this game 0-0. Mourinho has a lot of Champions League experience. As mu- now, would they have come in as, and as much as a hot on a hot streak as they were? Probably not. But I do think Mourinho would have managed this game a lot better, to be quite honest. But overall, it's it's a bit frustrating to see to see the team lose two nothing. But I I don't I don't think it's impossible for them to potentially uh, make a run or to. Because PSG is known for choking. Uh, remember when they had a, I believe it was a 5-1 lead against Barcelona a few years ago? That, that Wow. And they blew that. That was absurd. And Manchester United did bounce back on Monday. 2-0 win against Chelsea. Chelsea's completely lost their way. Th- this team looks awful. Not only because they lost 2-0. Not only because they lost, was it 6-0 to Manchester City? They've completely lost their way, and the fans were chanting. Um, I can't repeat it on here, but it was uh, they were giving the middle finger to uh, sorry. They were saying they're number one. That's what they were doing. As we head to the NFL, and interesting news as Antonio Brown and the Steelers agreed to terms for him to be traded. I, I, I just want to comment on this real quick. Um, the thing that makes me mad is why is Antonio Brown acting like he's a free agent? Teams come. You would think he is, and I've never, I've never, I've ever seen. I've, like I'm sure it's ha- like I'm sure it's happened before, where a star player has a meeting with the owner and tells him he wants to be traded. I've never seen anyone post about it on social media. Oh yeah, we had a meeting, and he got interviewed at the All Star game about it. Yeah, I, I just don't. He's acting like he's a free agent, saying, you know, teams come watch me, you know, and stuff. They don't. The Steelers don't have to trade him. I mean, they are they're going to. Oh, they're obviously. going to. But the thing, Antonio Brown is not thinking. He's worth a lot of money and a lot of you know value. I mean, teams aren't just going to give you a fourth round pick and say sayonara. I mean, teams are going <laughs> to teams are going to want Steelers in my mind are going to want first round picks and maybe Oakland to get him. They have. What about the Rams? What about the Browns? A lot of picks. They don't. They don't need anything. They just need a receiver. Colts, Antonio Brown, Antonio Colts. I mean, I don't know what they just picks. I mean, I don't know what else they give them. A running back. I mean, what else would they give them? Eric Ebron. Mm, not sure about that. Eric Ebron and picks for Antonio Brown. I mean, that's pretty fair, actually. The Steelers team is going to be a very interesting throughout the offseason. It seems like it, the drama never ends with them. As we still don't know what's no. gonna, we still don't know what's going to happen with Le'Veon Bell. You know, yeah, but Antonio Brown really needs to clean his act. I mean, I just don't understand. He just acts like he's a free agent. I just don't understand. Like, how do you say, like, teams, come find me, come get me? That's like a free agent. This guy, Antonio Brown is known for not really... And his, uh, new look, and his new look is just embarrassing in my mind. You see his new look? I have he's got the actually. blue and black and blonde hair with a blonde mustache. But what I was about to say was Antonio Brown's not known for exactly being the smartest person off the field. I mean, do you remember when he was live streaming the ha- the speech after? Or you just go back to week seventeen. 
Yeah. But what I was <laughs> but what I was referring to was the divisional round game a few years ago. Uh, I don't remember who they beat, but he was uh, live streaming while Mike Tomlin was talking in the background. Uh, of course he was. I mean, what the heck are you doing? And that's how he is. And we go in the NBA, and like we said, All-Star Weekend is over, and tomorrow the NBA action starts right back up. And the second half of the season is underway, and what team in, in any conference in the whole NBA needs to have a surge to make the playoffs? It needs to be the Lakers. The Lakers, all year, it's not I, – I don't know who favored them to not make the playoffs – but it, the odds are not in their favor. I believe it was at 50-50 for them to not make the playoffs. And this team has struggled. Now, obviously, yes, LeBron James got injured. But this team has – it's not like this team only has LeBron James. And, you know, you said the Lakers, but you kind of saw my answer. But I also think the Celtics, they're fifth in the Eastern Conference standing. You have Kyrie Irving – Al Horford, Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. I can go on and on and on. How are you not one of the best teams in the East? The Celtics need to pick it up. They've blown leads against teams like the Clippers. And it's just embarrassing, especially teams with all-stars, you know. They definitely got to pick it up. And the East is no joke this year. We've talked about it with teams like the Bucks and the Raptors. And there's no clear favorite at all. Yeah, there isn't. I mean, the bottom's kind of, you know, like a little – it's like the garbage pile, I guess, because the bottom three teams are under 500, I believe. So, like, the top of the East, I mean, it's a first year without um, – There's Le- no more LeBron James. Yeah, so you, you can't really say, oh, LeBron James is going to win the East, so it doesn't matter who wins in the regular season. And we go to teams, you know, that are playing good. How about the Rockets and James Harden? James Harden putting one of the best offensive scoring – um, performances so far since Michael Jordan's MVP season. I mean, he's averaging around 36 points a game, eight assists, seven rebounds. I, I don't even know if that's exactly, but is the MVP in his hand? Uh, at this point, I th- I think the MVP is uh, still kind of up in the air. I think Paul George and Giannis still need to be considered for it. But James Harden has been unbelievable. Now, Kobe Bryant did say something that I totally agree with, and I wish someone would have said sooner. I don't that his play style doesn't translate to winning championships. Yeah, I heard completely that. agree. I heard that he's a, he's, a, he's a one team. He's a one man team. That's what he is. And we saw well, him, the Rockets aren't just one man. I think so. I mean, we saw him. Chris Paul still plays. Yeah, when he's hurt, when he's healthy, he's never healthy. But what's it called? Um, no, in the playoffs, game seven against the Warriors. How many threes did they miss in a row? Twenty-seven. Some something yeah, insane. Like, come on, and you know James Harden. I'll give him props. He actually improved. Defense for once. He actually has improved his defense. But I think it's in his hand. Um, like I said, we've never seen anything like this since MJ in those, you know, glory days with the Bulls. And I mean, the scoring, I mean, the shooting, you look at it, it's just incredible what he's doing with the step back threes and everything. I do think Paul George, if he can keep this up, maybe. I think a guy that should be getting more talked about is Joel Embiid. I, I don't think he's going to win it, but I think he should be more talked about. But I, I would give it to James Harden. I mean, it's just been incredible. And I've watched him. I've never really been able to watch a Rockets game that much because, well, it's, we're, they're in Houston. We're in Indiana. <laughs> but I see him on TNT, you know. I was watching a game against the Warriors a few um, months back. And he was just incredible. I mean, James Harden does, definitely deserves the MVP. 
and a team that definitely deserves some respect is the Bucks. The Bucks are the best team in the NBA and the best team in the East record-wise. Is it time that we respect the Milwaukee Bucks? To me, they remind me a lot of the Raptors. They're a great regular season team. I've got to see it in the postseason, to be honest. This team is still unproven. But do you respect them? That's I respect I, it. That's my point. I respect it. I think so. Giannis is a – I mean, Giannis. I mean, what else does it say about him? Eric Bledsoe, Chris Middleton. No, those are some key players that are definitely game changers. So the Bucks, I mean, they're only a game out of the uh, first place spot, like up on the first place spot. So it'll be interesting to see them and the Raptors. I mean – the Bucks are really the only team with not 10 or more losses on the road. That's, that's, that catches my eye that they're able to win that much on the road. And a 23-5 and record at home, I mean, that's, that's – The Warriors also have not lost 10 games. But it's the Warriors. I mean, what do you expect? It still counts. I mean, if you have five All-Stars or whatever, I'd hope you, you, I'd hope you'd have a good record in general. So we'll go to the Double J list, and how will the playoff picture look at end of the season? So we're going to go – one through eight, we'll start, Giovanni, with the Eastern Conference. All right, so I guess I'll go first. Let's go this. in order here, one All through right. eight. So my number one team, I got to put the Raptors there. I think the Raptors, uh, they still, I think they can make a run at the end of the season with uh, Kawhi Leonard, and I think they finished number one. Number two, it's got to go to the Bucks. Uh, as much as I say I got to see it in the playoffs, they've impressed in the regular season. Uh, you could argue, you could make a case for both Toronto and Milwaukee at one and two, but that's just how I think it's going to finish. Number three, uh, I think Boston finishes at at the three spot. That's bold, I know, but I think that Boston, like you said, they have too many good players to not make, go on a ten game run where they win. I don't know eight eight of ten. I. I still think that this Boston team is uh, dangerous, and come playoff time, they will be the most experienced team. Number four, this one's tough. It's between uh, Indiana and Philly, and I think I'm going to pick Philly. Uh, Philadelphia, they got Tobias Harris now. They got Jimmy Butler. It's a good team. It's a very good team. It's uh, one that come playoff time – I think it do some damage. I think this Sixers team is still upset about last year. Oh, yeah. And if they get to play the Celtics, that's going to be an amazing series to watch. Uh, number six, uh, six to eight is kind of wide open at this point. And there's still about uh, five teams that are in contention for that, for that spot. Uh, if I have to pick number six, I'm going to go with the Nets. I think the Nets have been very interesting. Yes, they play in the Eastern Conference. But D'Angelo Russell has resurrected his career. He's been a bad man. That guy's on fire. Yes, he's been, uh, Stephen A would say, a bad man. And seven, I'd, I'd put the Pistons there. And at eight, uh, this one's tough. I'm going to put the Miami Heat there. I think that they could finish it. One last ride for Dwayne Wade. Exactly. I, I think that Dwayne Wade maybe could lead this team to a playoff spot. They're only... Uh, Oh, they're tied. They're tied with the Pistons. I'm not sure what the tiebreaker is, but the Pistons are ahead, maybe. Yeah. Uh, so now to the West. Yes. Uh, guess I'll go. Guess I'll go again for this number one. Who else? Golden State. They Boogie Cousins is gelled in with this team. It's stupid how good this team is. 
they're going to finish the number one seed. They're going to the the road to to the West is going to have to go through Oracle Arena. Sadly. Yes. Number two, the Nuggets. I don't know what to think about the Nuggets, to be honest. Jokic, Jokic is someone that... He's been awesome. He's, and they have a 25-4 and four home record. That is insane. So, I mean, if they do stay that second seed, playoffs run through them until they have to go to Golden State, probably. I mean, that's huge. Yes, but also I think what might be dangerous, what if they have to face a team like the Lakers in the first round, or even the Jazz? The bottom half of the east of the yeah, western there's co- teams in that western that can definitely make some shocks in that first round. Yes, indeed. Number three, uh, I'm gonna go with OKC. Uh, they, they've Paul George has been great this year. I've said he's an MVP candidate. Russell Westbrook and averaging another triple double. Yes, and I think what kills this team come playoff time is Russell Westbrook. Oh I hate, gosh, I hate to say it, Russell Westbrook is awful late yes, in games. He is, and. Number four, I think it's going to be the Rockets. Uh, the Rockets, I think, are going to be a dangerous team come postseason just because, remember, they were one shot away. Or they were one game away from being the Warriors one, and going to one, the finals. One non-Chris Paul injury. Warriors certainly get all the breaks. They do. That's a topic for another show, though. Uh, number five. Uh, this, is, this one's tough. I'm going to put the Jazz there. Uh... I think the ja- I think the Jazz. Uh, I've, to be honest, I really haven't kept up with them that much. You know what's his um. Devonovan Mitchell has been very quiet this year in the news. Yeah, remember? Remember? He was but, a very hot topic last year. Remember, he was picked late first round, and or mid first round, I should say, and no one really thought of him as anything. And he led the Jazz to the playoffs last year. That team. That and team could be scary. Won a playoff series. Six seed. Beat the Thunder in the playoffs last year. Yep. Six seed. I put the Trailblazers there. I don't trust the Trailblazers. I don't, trust don't see anything. Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. I don't see anything different from this team from years past. They haven't even won a playoff game in two years. They've gotten they got swept last year. I, maybe, maybe it's time. No, to me, if to me, I just don't see anything in this team. Number seven. I'm gonna put the Lakers there. I refuse to believe. Uh. I refuse to believe a LeBron James-led team will not make it to the West unless LeBron gets hurt again. And there are talks in the Lakers organization that that uh, the the groin injury is still prevalent. Too much, too much load management. Maybe. <laughs> and that, that groin injury still is clearly affecting LeBron James. And we'll see. We'll see what happens with the Lakers. But I think if LeBron plays the regu- the rest of the regular season. They will make the playoffs Lonzo at the 7 Ball. or 8 seed. Alonzo Ball comes back. And, yeah. Uh, number 8, I'm going to put the Spurs there. Uh, the Spurs, they, they were very, they're the best coach team in the NBA. Greg Popovich, no matter what you give them, is still going to find a way to figure it out no matter what. And I don't think that's a team that's a pushover. If they have to face the Warriors and the Nuggets, it's going to be a tough series no matter what. And that is my Eastern and Western Conference oh, playoff picture. That took a long time. Jack, it's your turn. I'll go a little quicker. So with the one seed in the East, I'm going to go with the Bucks. I am really impressed. Um, Giannis, no one can just stop him. I mean, he, he's a Greek freak for a reason. Chris Middleton, who also made the All-Star team. Eric Bledsoe. It's a good team. Number two, I'm going to put the Raptors at. Um, you know, the Raptors have always been a great regular season team. But now with the addition of Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard, now you got Kyle Lowry. And now Marcus Saul, that's a dangerous team. 
Number three, I have to go with the Philadelphia 76ers with, um, you know, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris. That's a tough team to beat. Number four, I have to go with the Indiana Pacers. They're playing with a lot of inspiration right now after the injury to Victor Aldipo. I really like guys like Sabonis, Miles Turner, Darren Collison. Number five is the Celtics. I've never really been a huge fan of the Celtics, and they just keep struggling. And I think those struggles will continue. Number six, I like the Nets. This year, the Nets team is really good with D'Angelo Russell, who has, like you said, resurrected his career. Hollis Jefferson, Spencer Didwine. I mean, these guys are just playing some good basketball, and the Nets don't seem to be like they're slowing down. Number seven, I like the Hornets. Um, Kemba Walker is definitely a franchise player, and he's shown it this year how good he is with Nicholas Batum as well. That's a team you got to watch out for. Number eight, I'm going to go with the Orlando Magic. Um, they're only a half game out of eighth place, but the Magic aren't that bad of a team with Aaron Gordon, Evan Fonier. Markel Fultz maybe could spark some, you know, maybe. We never know. He does Mar- have to do something in Orlando. We never, we never know with Markel. He's an he's a interesting guy. So let's go to the West at one. I got to put the Warriors. I mean, it's the Warriors. Number two, I think OKC will take that spot. I think with, you know, two potential MVP candidates people are talking about, Russell Westbrook, who's averaging a triple-double, and Paul George. And don't forget Steven Adams, who a lot of people forget about, who's also a great player. And now they got Hamidou Diallo, the slam dunk champion. I don't know if that will do him any good, but, you know, that's cool. Number um, three, the Nuggets. Like I said, they got probably the best home record in the NBA. And the coach said, if you come to, temp- if you come to Denver, good luck. You're not going to survive here. And you got to think this team is playing with a lot of injuries. Isaiah Thomas just came back for them as well. So, hey, don't sleep on those Nuggets. Number four, I got to put the Houston Rockets. I mean, I don't see anybody stopping James Harden. I, I, I mean, if you can tell me one team that will stop him, be my guess. Number f- five, I got to go with the Portland Trailblazers. I really like the duo of CJ McCollum and Damian Lower. They got Miles Leonard down low, who is really good. And they got Seth Curry. So, you know, they got a Curry. Curry's usually have a lot of success in the playoffs. Can't argue that. Number um, six is the Utah Jazz. You know, I really like this team with Rudy Gobert. Donovan Mitchell, Joe Inglis, Ricky Rubio. I think he's – I don't even know if he's still on the team. I get confused sometimes. <laughs> I like them, so I'm going to go with them. Number seven, I got to go with the Lakers. Lonzo Ball coming back. He should. They said he should be 100%, but he might take a little at the All-Star break. But in my mind, Lonzo Ball is one of the best defenders in the NBA, not just young, just in general. This team might get a wake-up call. I mean, I mean, I mean, we. I think we can both imagine how mad LeBron is right now. Yeah, he's probably not too happy. Number um, eight. I'm gonna go with the sleeper here. I'm gonna go with the Minnesota Timberwolves. With Derrick Rose kind of resurrecting his career, and I think you know, we can both agree with that he's had one heck of a year. Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns, George, Gorgie Dang, Dario Saric. I, like I said, it's a bold pick. They are about four games out right now. Yeah. They have a lot of time. But the teams in front of them are the Clippers, who are young, the Kings, who are young as well. I'm just saying, as a bold pick, I wouldn't be surprised to see Minnesota. Remember last year, they snuck their way in the playoffs at the HC too. But that team was not as I'm, – I'm, I'm, It's a bold pick, you know. 
But if they can definitely improve their game plan with, you know, D. Rose and Carl Anthony Towns, this is a team that can definitely be a sleeper. And that's all from us here today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at the Double J Podcast. We usually record on Tuesdays, but depending on weather and scheduling, obviously today's a Wednesday. Go follow us on Apple Podcasts, the Double J Podcast. Just your logo, the podcast logo, black, white, and blue. And we are on Spotify. This was the Double J Podcast presented by Lake Central Media. Thank you, everybody.